The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's another Sunday night in quarantine, and we're just trying to find new ways every week to stay from going crazy and to avoid those really awkward Zoom meetings. So, so far, we've taught you all about new Canadian comedy podcasts that are out there, comedy albums, stand-ups who are producing content online. And this week, we've got something a little bit different for you. We're talking to three of our favorite comedians here in Canada and stateside who all have brand-new one-hour stand-up specials now available on Crave TV. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course coast to coast Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network and even our friends in the States you can stream us on Global News Online. We've been talking to Canadian comics, we've been talking to American comics, finding out what the heck people are working on right now when live shows don't exist but it turns out there's a lot going on. There's new podcasts happening, there's brand new albums dropping all over the country, all over North America, there's people doing online live shows new digital content, new web series, all kinds of stuff. So Vince Tedesco, I got my producer on the line here. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. You know, how are we doing on your end? I'm good, man. I, I think this is honestly, you know, I mean, it, over four years we've been doing this show. I've been in this city doing stand-up for a decade now. I think, honestly, this is the most comedy that I have ever maybe watched and listened to <laughs> in my entire life. It ain't nothing <laughs> like it. And it, you know what's the cool? I mean, one thing that I think is interesting about this is, you know, like today we're talking to a few comics who all have new specials on on Crave. I think right now is a good opportunity for listeners and for people at home to actually check out some Canadian comics that they wouldn't maybe normally, you know, stop and pause on kind of a thing. But they're seeing these new specials come out and these new albums come out, and people are going, "Huh, who is that?" So they're finding out about a lot of the the people in this country that we already know about. Yeah, this episode is really dedicated to you, the listener who's at home streaming through your cable service or can't figure out what to watch. Bam, put on a Canadian comedy special and sit back, relax for an hour and watch some homegrown talent. And we really are. I mean, we've been trying to do something a little bit different on the show every week while we're all stuck in this, you know, never ending lockdown so, I mean, just trying to point out some of the podcasts that are out there and some of the albums. And, yeah, with these specials that are out there, I mean, it's this is, this is the best opportunity for people to sort of take in all this stuff and find out about some new voices happening right now in comedy. And hopefully, once this curtain finally does lift, whenever that is, it'll drive people to go out and see some of these people live. That's sort of the whole goal. On another note, I'm really getting used to recording the show this way. I mean, I haven't seen you in God knows how long. Two, three <laughs> but this I is really a, easy for me. <laughs> I have a beard. I have a Unabomber. I look like Saddam when they found him in the hole. That's what's going on with me. Nice. Yeah, I, I haven't emerged. I shaved my head, and it's growing back very slowly now. Well, and you know what, Vince? I might Let me tell you, we go back to studio by, who knows, next month or whenever it is. I never realized this before. That's the beauty of radio. Why am I getting haircuts? Why am I shaving? Nobody cares what I look like at all. <laughs> you know, I'm not on stage right now. Nobody can, people can care less. Why do I have to be put together? I'm just going to keep on rolling with this. I'm going to go in with this college 
living in your parents' basement look that I'm cultivating right now and just keep keep it rolling way after we go back to the studio. Well, we are on radio. It's the power of radio. You know, you always say you have a great face for radio. So they Exactly. Go. You know, people have been saying that to me for 15 years, and now, Vince, it's finally true. There we go. Kick it in. So we, we've Thank got three. We've got, and we have, I have some new, uh, before we, we're going to bring in our first guest in a minute here, Aisha Brown, who has a brand new special on Crave. Um, before we do, Vince, we got some new cell lines for our friends over at Hakeem Optical bringing us the show this season. You got some new taglines for us? I got uh, some new taglines. I'll drop these throughout the show. So before we, before we call up Aisha Brown here, Hakeem Optical, helping comedians spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. Whoa, I like that one. Right? There we go. We don't know when that's going to happen again, but, you know, with optimism, right? Awesome. So we're going to get Aisha Brown on the phone. We'll be back with her and find out uh, what her new special is all about and what's what's she talking about in her comedy right now, especially during all this. We'll be back with Aisha Brown. And we've got comic Aisha Brown from right here in Toronto on the line with a brand new stand-up special, The First Black Woman Ever. First, Aisha, before you tell us about this special, how are you doing during all this? Uh, I am uh, just trying to drive away madness, I guess. <laughs> my my boyfriend, who's also a comic, Hunter Collins, uh, we moved in together just before we had to start spending every living, waking moment together. <laughs> so we're really testing the boundaries of love. Um, <laughs> but it's actually... It, it hasn't been too bad. I'm not that social a person. So if anything, I've had to fight off my own natural instinct to just self-isolate naturally. Well, it's kind of uh, one thing I guess I've never really thought about. I mean, right now, yeah, especially if you did just move in with somebody, it's mm-hmm. really a good relationship tester for sure. It is. It is. It, and he's like, he's a very good person. Like, I yes, get he is. We know Hunter, lot. yes. Yeah, he's like he's a real sweetheart and very patient. So, uh, you know, it's it's been he's maybe the easiest person to go through this with. And I mean, it's it, well, it's funny. You're both sort of in a way as as both as working comics, you're sort of going through the same thing together at the same time. Anyways, it's like that withdrawal of not being able to go out on stage constantly and work on stuff. <laughs> like, are you guys just sitting around your apartment just like? making your own little writer's room out of it and just like bouncing stuff off of each other? Or are you kind of just like completely taking a break from the whole thing? Well, I was kind of taking a break because I was out in Halifax for a while writing for this hour's 22 minutes, like from August till about uh, March. Uh, That's where I was. So um, I kind of came back in the mindset of I'm just going to take it easy and didn't realize how long that would go. And uh, and so I've been less active than him. He's been far more like even just our social media. Like I took this entire pandemic to just not tweet, not Instagram, not go on Facebook because I've I've always hated that anyways. Yeah. And, uh, he is really he dives into it in a way that I really admire. I think we're we're we both have the same profession, but we have completely different uh, personalities when it comes to this stuff. That is something that's interesting about you because, yeah, knowing, I mean, our listeners know Hunter Collins as well, uh, you know, all the comics in this city especially know Hunter. But, like, yeah, he does love to do, like, post videos and do stuff on on social media. You've always kept a somewhat of a low profile on there. I mean, you've kind of uh, – because I get, I mean, especially right now, Facebook especially would be a lot to sort of tolerate. But you as a comic, I mean, you sort of – 
you know, some comics really thrive on that, and that's a huge equation of what they do, and it's a big deal for them. Yeah. I feel like you've kind of always used it in a way where, okay, there's something necessary that I have to plug or there's something I have to address. You kind of just go and do that when you need to, and then the rest of the time you're just kind of out. You're sort of focusing on your own thing. I I hate social media. I, <laughs> I absolutely hate it. It's crazy, though, because I should be more active on it. Like, as a professional, I, should, I shouldn't slack on it as much as I do. It's, it keeps you relevant. It keeps your, your wits about you. It keeps you sharp. But there, I just, I don't like... I don't like there. There is a bit of like a, a game you have to play, and there's a lack of sincerity, and I don't know. It, I just find it exhausting. It almost feels like, and I think you can relate to this as a performer. There's a mask that you put on when you're performing that you Absolutely. almost have to put on again when you're on doing social media and and reaching out to people and talking to people. Like there's a side of yourself that you have to show that isn't the most sincere. So. I uh, I enjoy not doing that, but I, I should probably, I think my agent is going to just put out an APB for me at some point and be like, are you still, <laughs> could you send a tweet, please? It is so true. I mean, you have to sort of, it's like walking into a, a ring, like a wrestler thing where it's almost like this, like sort of fake self-hype machine that you have to do and I mean and when we'll come back from break and get into what you cover in this special but I mean I feel like you on stage some comics are such an exaggerated version of themselves on stage and they're almost a caricature I feel like even you in your comedy on stage there's just this honestness to it I, I feel like when people watch you even if they're seeing you for the first time they kind of get the sense almost right away that I'm just listening to this person's actual opinions and just their actual take on things you're not sort of you know slipping into any kind of a persona and I think that plays into social media a lot yeah I think I think you're totally right about that I, I'm probably I mean it is a bit of an exaggeration of who I am I don't tend to break out into raps in my regular <laughs> life, or poetry for that matter but uh but yeah I think I'm I'm definitely uh bigger personality on stage than I normally am but not not so much so that you're like who is she? Like, it's pretty much me. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to come back with more Aisha Brown and find out what's all, what this new special is all about. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Fiona O'Brien, and I'm in quarantine in my bed listening to Inside Jokes. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical and Vince Tedesco. I have a new one here for them. Hakeem Optical, so you can see the punchline from a mile away. Oh, Hakeem's going to be so glad once we're, if we ever have a studio again and go back to it, they'll be very happy. We have Aisha Brown on the line with, of course, so Aisha, we were talking to you before the break about sort of, I don't know, I guess keeping a low profile on social media for just to sort of preserve what your online pre- or your onstage presence is also just, especially right now during COVID, just kind of probably for your own sanity too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I feel like I've talked to a lot of people during this who are like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you, you have to get off the Facebook. You're just reading this stuff 24-7 and, you know, it's, it's yeah. too much. Well, uh, I think, but- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I wanted to talk to you about, um, of course, you have your, your special that's out now on Crave. 
I do. Yeah. The first black woman ever. <laughs> so what yeah. is it? What is a little bit of, um, cause it's, it, this is a perfect time for people. You know, people are stuck at home. We've been giving, trying to get, get people listening to new podcasts every week, new albums. And of course, tonight on the show, we have you and a couple of other comics who have all dropped these new specials on Crave. So what's a little bit about what you talk about in this special? Well, uh, it's funny. I, I do talk, talk a lot about being black. Uh, <laughs> I figured I'd name my special the first black woman ever just to kind of give people a heads up in case, uh, you know, they want to hear that or don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mostly, it feels, it felt like to me a conversation with a girlfriend that I was just kind of making public. So any any kind of talking behind people's backs that I found amusing, that's pretty much my comedy. Is I'm I'm just mean spirited but passive aggressive. So well, it, it, it is, and I mean for people who who haven't had a chance to see you live yet and haven't checked out this specially, I and mean, that's one of the things that's that's really fun about watching you on stage is that I think a lot of what what you do is sort of like comes up people like a left hook they aren't necessarily expecting it like there's this realness to you and this honesty to you but then yeah you could bust into a rap all of a sudden or you'll say something that i think a lot of people maybe typecast you when you get on stage and they think well this seems like such like just like a sweet innocent person which yes <laughs> you are but i think you'll stun people with some of the things that you come out with like this raw sort of truth that that people aren't necessarily expecting yeah it's a, it's funny it was actually something that was pointed out to me early on uh, in my career, somebody just said, um, you're a lot meaner than you sound. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I didn't know how to take, but I'm like, yeah, I think that's always been um, who I am. It's pretty true to form. Uh, <laughs> that I, I think the tone of my voice, because I, before I did stand-up, I did a lot of customer service jobs. And yeah. a lot of customer service is just uh, kind of passive aggressively telling people they're stupid. So uh, I think that kind of <laughs> makes its way into my comedic voice. I think, and also, I mean, yeah, you do, you, you address obviously being black a lot in this special for you working as a comic in Canada and living in Canada. Do you think that also flavors it a bit? It gives you a bit of a different experience and a different point of view than, you know, our contemporaries in the States would have comics that are addressing being people of color in the States. Does that sort of give you a different perspective on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it, I would say, yes, it does. I don't have the exact same experiences. I also feel like um, it's, it's one of those things that like uh, talking about anything, any kind of social issue fascinates me. I, I did go to school for a little while for for social work. Uh, at some point in time, I thought I was the kind of person who could help other people, and <laughs> that's not accurate. But I, <laughs> yeah. I think all comics love talking about social issues, especially that affect them, because that's the perspective. That's my point of view, right? Like, if, whatever affects me, I'm talking about it. So race will definitely affect me differently as a Black Canadian than it would as, say, uh, Chris Rock, right? So, um, yeah, I, I mean... I my it's funny I do get asked sometimes like what's your what's the goal of this joke and it's always to make people laugh if they don't you know uh, sorry but not really I'm not that sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Canadian part right there so much to shock like I'm not I'm not trying to be shocking or and I'm not and I'm 
I'm not trying to, I'm not actually trying to be mean. I'm just saying what I think. And hopefully that resonates to someone. Well, and I think that's totally true. And I think that's one thing that people will enjoy watching this special is that you are a comedian that, that people can't really compare to other comics and put you into sort of a bracket and go, well, they're like this person. You just sort of are up there doing your own thing. Aisha Brown, thank you so much. Well, thanks, Dean. It was really nice talking to you. We'll have to, we'll get you and Hunter also back in studio once we open up shop again. But in the meantime, everybody go out and watch The First Black Woman Ever by Aisha Brown now on Crave. Uh, stay busy and stay sane, Aisha. You too. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks so much. This is Molly Earl, and uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes. So I guess that's about your liver. My liver and my, uh, still got my teeth and, uh, my own teeth. And we're on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And now we're switching up. We have another new comedy special on Crave to talk about. We have comedian Iman Al Husseini on the line. How are you doing, Iman? I'm great. How are you guys? We're good. We're just, you know, we're we're doing the show remotely from our separate little bunkers here in quarantine. It's it's really hard not to lose track of time at this point in the shutdown. Oh my god, seriously. I don't know what day it is. I don't know. I you know, I I say that, but at the same time as a comedian, I rarely know what day it is. So, I don't <laughs> think things are that much different. It is true. I mean, we want to talk about what, uh so you and of course Jess Solomon uh, you guys recorded this special together, Marriage of Convenience, the Al Sullivan's Marriage of Convenience, which, of course, is now on Crave. What sort right. of, for you, before we jump into sort of what you're tackling in this new special, what is it like for you right now? We're always curious to hear from people right now. Being in this isolation, I mean, not being able to have that time on stage, are you getting like a withdrawal in a way, or is it nice to sort of have the, the break from it? How are you looking at all this? I mean, I am definitely enjoying, I'm one of those annoying people that's totally enjoying this uh, whole thing. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm baking banana bread, I'm working out, I'm learning Spanish, I'm basic white girling hard. This is what I'm doing, you guys. It's really, it's really been fun. Um, and you know what? I, I, right before everything started, I really had a lot of, now it's gonna sound like I'm bragging, but I'm not, but I definitely had a lot of like touring and traveling. So it's just like quarantine arrived at the, this pandemic hit us at the perfect time when I needed a break. Um, and it's, it's, it's been good. I haven't really felt any withdrawal cause I've been doing the zoom shows and that's been fun. I always thought, uh, you know, doing stand-up comedy eventually would mean that I'd be on the screen and just like unattainable by the audience. So I kind of like that. I feel, I feel famous and I can be present among people. Yeah. Um, so far, so far, uh, so far, so good. I don't know. I, don't, I, I definitely am one of those people who gets really rusty quickly when I'm not on stage. But um, so far, so far, so good. We'll see what happens when we all get back to it. Well, and I think that's the interesting thing. And I think you, you kind of pointed this out is that comics, working comics, it's sort of you're sort of always prepared to go into a little bit of like a hibernation because stand-up is very feast or famine. So it's all about whatever's coming up on your calendar. So it's like, you might be out touring right now. You might be doing this festival right now. You might be recording this thing right now, but two months from now, you might have this low quiet period. So you almost have to like stash this stuff 
away for the winter and sort of be prepared for the downtime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, it, it feels like a, I like that it's a volunteer, involuntary downtime and it's not the fact that I'm not getting books. So that's making me feel better, too. About the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, uh, I, I just love how creative the community has gotten to with putting on these shows on the Internet. I thought, you know, the first few that I did were pretty awkward, but eventually you get the hang of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying this time. Do you think it has also because everybody is sort of on this, you know, everybody's stuck in the same loop right now and everybody's in the exact same situation. Do you think this whole quarantine thing has sort of maybe soothed a lot of egos because everybody's right now on a level playing field. Nobody's getting gigs. Nobody's competing for, for the same, the same, you know, big things on the schedule. Do you think it sort of calmed egos down a little bit? Oh, probably. Um, I, one funny thing that my wife has said, she's like, you know, we, us comedians, the ones who perform live all the time have made fun of YouTube comics and just like put them down for so long. And now we're like trying to do exactly what they've been doing so long. So really like they get the last laugh. Um, Calming egos. Yeah. I mean, this is a very egotistical industry. I'm not that competitive. That's the thing. So I just, I I just feel like a bit indifferent about the whole thing. Um, I'm like, I'm like one of those comics. That's like, as long as I'm like in the top 50, I'm happy. Even if I'm number 50, it doesn't matter. You know, um, I, I do feel like there's room for, for unique voices and stuff like that. So as far as competition goes, I hope so for other people, because that's really like damaging psychologically and takes so much, so much energy instead of like putting your focus on like writing and come up, coming up with creative stuff. You're just sitting there and being jealous. It's, it's so, yeah, makes no sense. Well, and I feel like that's definitely a way that you've always approached stand up. And I would say the same for Jess as well. Like, you know, you both sort of always had this approach of, I, I and I always like to think of it. It's almost like stand up's almost like high school or like what I imagine prison is like, it's sort of like you go in you keep your head down. You just worry about your own thing and you just try to be friendly with everybody and don't get involved in anything. And that's sort of been your approach. I mean, you're kind of not worried about, well, this person has this book or this, this person's doing this. It's like, you're worried about your material and your time and, and, and that's it. And you just sort of enjoy the process. I really do believe there's room for everybody. If you put in the work, I mean, if you do the basic, most important things like putting in the work and writing and really trying to, to, you know, be true to your voice, there's no reason to be competitive. There's room for everybody who's, who's doing the right thing by working hard. So there's not, it's not worth it. There's so many downsides to doing stand-up comedy. I mean, just like bombing alone uh, is enough to like keep me distracted. So <laughs> yeah. jealous getting jealous or getting worried about what somebody's getting that I'm not getting at the end of the day, we're really, you know, we're, we're the reason um, that stop ourselves from, from finding success. So it's start by you for sure. Um, and like Jess and I, people obviously, because my wife is a comedian as well, everybody always wonders if we're competitive and it's serious. Like our competition is the opposite. We want the other one to make it. So I could be like the housewife, you know, I'm like so happy <laughs> for her to succeed so I don't have to like work that hard. Um, yeah. And, and at the end, you know, comedy is all about passion and what you like to talk about. And there's not another you, unless you're like copying somebody else that's on the scene, then I could see why you're getting competitive. But um, yeah, comedy is all about authenticity and being true to yourself and coming up with your own story. And 
Um, yeah. Amen. Okay, we're going to come back and find out more about what you guys are talking about in this new Crave special. We'll be right back with more Iman right here on Inside Joke. Yo, this is White Wine. Young Riesling. You're tuned in to AM640 Inside Jokes, Jokes. baby. Ha! Many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, we have comedian Iman Al Husseini on the line. So, Iman, you have a brand new special. You and Jess Solomon did this special together The Al Solomon's Marriage of Convenience. That's right. Uh, Jess and I started performing together about a year and a half ago. It's not something that we wanted to do. Nobody really wants to work with their partner. especially stand-up comedy it's such a solo game uh and her and i have completely different styles and a different different work ethic um so it was really it's something that we were really reluctant to do um but people people wanted to see us together on stage i mean it, it, it was kind of natural because we do talk about each other and um our individual stand-up so, and sometimes we'd be on the same show and we'd follow each other. So people are like, just go on stage together already. Um, and it really is, uh, I guess it was, it was a scary thing to, to do, but in the end it really paid off. And now we have our, our special on Crave, streaming on Crave. Well, and that is the interesting thing because knowing both of your work and knowing both of you on stage and off, it's true. I mean, yeah, of course you both do talk about your relationship and you talk about, you know, you're just day-to-day life with each other, but you're very separate, very unique comics. It's not like you guys are doing shows together all the time where you're like the Squar Brothers, you know, like feeding off each other. This this, this was a new thing, which I guess kind of takes you out of, out of your comfort zone in a way. Right now, during this isolation period where you get to spend all this time at home and you're sort of just refocusing and, and maybe writing and stuff like that, do you find that you're sort of bouncing more ideas off of each other? I mean, we always have, that's, that's the thing. And it's because we have such unique styles, it's hard for us to like, um, you know, get competitive and, uh, but we're able to gauge what's funny because we know each other's styles very well. So I think we, we've always kind of worked together because before we did a duo act, we had our cartoon account, the L Solomons on Instagram, which we're hoping will end up uh, getting, you know, an animated sitcom that we could voice eventually. Um, the interesting thing during quarantine, it brought us closer together. We're seeing other couples having to work together and we're like, all right, welcome to hell. But <laughs> for, us, for us, it ended up being better. Like doing a Zoom show with my wife is a lot more fun than doing a solo Zoom show. Um, and we don't feel the same way in regular stand-up. Like we much prefer doing our individual stand-up just because both of us have done it for over 10 years solo and only a year and a half together. But in, in quarantine, I feel like it's so much more fun to have like the back and forth. You're not just talking to a screen. There's, there's some interaction happening. And uh, I mean, even from the beginning, from the first shows that I started doing, she would like heckle me from the background. It was, it was hilarious. Which is so true. I mean, I guess it gave you an opportunity to sort of, for both of you, I mean, you've both spent this past decade or, or so, you know, working the clubs, working the festivals, building your own voice and sort of honing your own onstage persona and your own sort of following to to sort of step outside of that and just do this new thing together is sort of, I guess it's a bit refreshing too. 
It is. It's it's new for both of us. So like starting it together, we realize that it's it's a lot more uh, rewarding than just doing it solo. Totally true. Iman El Husseini, thank you so much. Thanks, you guys. We hope you and Jess are both. Different, uh, good we, we'll have to. We'll have my to. Wife. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get you both in studio when all this is over. And everybody listening at home, make sure you watch the Al Solomon's Marriage of Convenience. You can watch that right now on Crave. It's streaming now. This is the perfect time to watch that new special. And uh, hopefully we can see you both on stage live sooner rather than later. Yes, great. Thank you so much. All right, we'll talk to you later. Stay safe. Hello, this is Shirley Melm, and I'm forcibly inside listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. We're going to throw you some new cell lines for them later, too. So, so far, we've talked to Aisha Brown, who has a new special on Crave. We talked to Iman El Husseini, who's uh, out in Quebec right now. Now we've got Graham K on the line, who also has a new special you can find on Crave, Stupid Jokes, which is that really get, cuts it to the point. Graham, how you doing, buddy? I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I can smell and I can taste and um, don't have a dry cough. So things are on the up and up, you know, <laughs> that's good. What do you, before we, we're going to get into like what exactly you cover in this new special. But before that, like, we're just curious to hear from every comic, what the hell people are spending their time on what you're doing right now. while you can't be on stage for you. Is this like a productive time? Is it frustrating just not being able to get out on stage or are you sort of enjoying the break, even though it's a forced one? I, I'm, I'm actually enjoying it. Like I'm getting a lot of, a lot of stuff done actually. Um, it's, this is like all, there, here's the thing is for the, for this quarantine is really not that big of a change of, of a comedian's <laughs> daily schedule. Uh, this is at most a two hour difference a day for me. I spend like all of you at home listening and you're like, oh, I'm so bored. Oh, the whole day is the same. That's what it's like being a comedian. Congratulations. Now you know what it's like to be a comedian. Every day you wake up when you want and you're like, what should I do today? I got to do something. And then uh, all of a sudden you have to make dinner and then it's bedtime. And that's pretty much, you know, (laughs) basically. Yeah. So it's like, this is like being, for me, this is like days off on the road because there's no shows. It is true. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the people that you hear saying, well, I got to be on stage. I'm like, I'm, I'm Jones to be on stage. I have to be out there working on stuff. I feel like that's something that happens. And obviously it's different for every comic and it's different forever. You're based out of what you're doing, but I feel like that's more so for people when they're early on starting out, they're hitting mics and they're early in their careers. I feel like once you've gone to that point where you're just a working comic, you're out doing the clubs, you're out touring around, you're out doing festivals, whatever it is. You, I think you don't necessarily need to be out on stage grinding it out and dropping new stuff at open mics every single night, right? Uh, I mean, no, I think that – I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think that that, that drive never stops because that's what you like to do. Like writing yeah. new jokes and seeing if they work is the reason why you do it, you know? So I miss that a lot. And I'm doing like these Zoom shows every now and again. Like a couple times a week with uh, that that kind of it's 
kind of scratches the itch, these like virtual shows. Cause it's, cause you know, and then I, I still want to work on writing new stuff. I don't want this to end. And then I've like, you know, completely rusty. And those like zoom shows or, or Instagram live shows, they're, they're not obviously as good, but they're like, they're like, like Tofurky or like beyond meat. You're like, well, it's <laughs> very good, but, uh, I am full. So well, and a lot of comics, a lot of people are like, and I guess it's a comfort level thing, or if it's it's whatever you think you need to do during this downtime. But I mean, a lot a lot of people have been avoiding those, and some people, like you're saying, I've, it's sort of filled that void of, you know, sometimes you have a new chunk of material that you're working on, and you just literally have to go and say it somewhere. It doesn't even necessarily matter where it is. You just have to go and spew it out those first couple times. Yeah, you well, you gotta get the timing right, whatever. But mainly, I've been like focusing on making sketches and stuff like that. And you can go find find my sketches and and funny little little uh, little 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 like videos with zingers in them on my Instagram. Um, so go to my Instagram. It's Insta Graham K at Insta Graham. You get it? Instagram. <laughs> Instagram K. So check that out. That's my name's Graham K. But anyway, um, that's, all, that's basically what I'm doing. I've been like trying to like turn my Instagram into a mini little SNL just for me. And, uh, and I've been riding my bike and trying not to die in a car crash, but it's, it's really like a good time to ride your bike in New York because there's no cars. Totally. I mean, yeah, it's probably a dead dead quiet streets there right now like what's the what's the vibe right now because i mean you guys before we go to break and we're going to get into what what you're talking about in this special but just when you are out about obviously the streets are quiet but like new york got hit so particularly hard by this here back home in toronto it's sort of everything's quiet and shut down but you kind of just stay in your own neighborhood anyways and you don't necessarily notice so much what yeah. what's it like in new york is there sort of like a panic in the air what it was no I think it's like it's 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 not as bad as the news. If you just watch the news, you think that it's just there's bodies piling up on the sidewalk here, and it's not. It's like yeah. the same, you know. It's the same dudes on the corner in front of the liquor store, except they're wearing masks and they're all six feet apart. <laughs> <It's like pretty laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, we're gonna come back with more Graham K and find out what this special stupid joke is all about. We'll be right back with more inside jokes. Hey, this is Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll, star of the North by Northeast Music Festival, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, we've got Graham Kay on the line from New York. So, Graham, you have this, this special stupid jokes. Yeah. Which is out, which is out on Crave. So what is like what's what's stupid jokes all about? What's some of the stuff you're tackling in this special? Oh, I tackle some hard hitting stuff like <laughs> um uh cats not loving me. Um and uh but I talk I do talk about my uh my dad uh not being able to say I love you, which uh they <laughs> my parents watched the special. And, uh, and I was, I've kind of like, you know, you just 
see the joke. You say the joke so many times, you as a performer become desensitized, and then they call yeah. me back. Like, they, and I and I sort of, and they're like, "Yeah, you really. Uh, I think you went too far." And uh, <laughs> they, they were they were embarrassed, and my dad was pissed at me. He wouldn't talk to me for a couple of days. Uh, he, so you can watch the special and see see why my you know and and this is it. But that's like the joke that people relate to most. Because I have like an old school dad, and, he, and he's from, you know, he's a baby boomer, and he just wasn't, he's like 70 and was not taught about love. He doesn't know about that. So he loves me, but he can't express it in any way because that's gay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, he doesn't want to turn gay all of a sudden at the age of 70. So you have to respect Fair that. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, watch the special. It's a good time. It's a party. It's a fun time. Uh, it's uh, called Stupid Jokes on Crave. If you, don't get, if you don't get Crave, you don't have Crave, you can get a 30-day free trial, and then uh, they have, like, a bunch of HBO stuff on there. So you might as well just do it. You're not doing anything. It's quarantine. Finally watch, like, Game of Thrones or whatever, and then slip me in there in the middle of Game of Thrones, seasons two and three. Boom, little Graham K. Stupid Jokes. You know, <laughs> there you go. It's a good plug. It is, I mean, yeah, it is a perfect time to do that for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I'm just like uh, chilling here in New York. Not a lot to do. You know, I am making my little sketches here and there, but I've been staring out the window a lot, spying on my neighbors. And um, like, you know, that movie Rear Window. Yes, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I'm st- and and then just like Rear Window, I started to see. Uh, like uh, maybe some drama going on across the way, like between a uh, uh, husband and wife. And I was like watching it escalate over the past few days. And then I think, I think, I think I saw some, <clears throat> some uh, domestic abuse maybe. Oh no. Serious stuff, you know? And, uh, and I was like, Oh my God. And I, I, I think I saw, I saw, I saw the guy uh, hit his wife. Yeah. And I was like, Actually. Oh my God. And then, and, and that, and then I was like, Holy cow. And I thought to myself, I go, I, I, I go, that guy, that guy didn't wash his hands. <laughs> you can't touch her face like that. You could kill her parents. That's why I shout out the window. Hey, buddy, it's, it's 2020, specifically uh, April and May 2020. So six feet, Buster. <laughs> for, for you, I did, I did want to ask why, like, it seems like in the last couple of years, and of course we had Christina Walkinshaw on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've been talking to a few comics, you know, the, from here based in New York now. It seems like in the last couple of years, there's been a much bigger wave of Canadian comics making the move specifically to New York. I mean, it used to be kind of split between New York, LA. LA was always sort of the end goal for a lot of people. I feel like more people are making their way to New York now. Why is that really? I mean, for you, is it because New York is sort of like more of like a purely stand-up mecca because i feel like people go to la just to make it in whatever way they can i feel like new york is more like purely a stand-up town well first of all if you when you grow up wanting to be a stand-up comedian you want to be on you want to do the stuff you see comedians do on television which means you have to move to the states because canada is a predominantly English-speaking country with no star system because we border on America, which is the most powerful country in the history of the world and the biggest media empire in the history of the world, as you all know. Whereas if we lived in Australia, we would have a different accent and we wouldn't have a neighbor that had 
um, content that we could just buy like CTV does or whoever and just put that on our, t- on our airwaves. They have to make yeah. their own content so they have their own star system. Same thing in England and, and, and those kind of other English-speaking countries. English Canada is an anomaly. So we have to leave. We have to go to the U.K. or we have to go to America. And uh, probably people used to always go to L.A. because you're like, well, I made it in Toronto. I, New York's kind of like Toronto. Why don't I just go to L.A. where all the big showbiz is? And I did that. I lived there for two years and it was fine. But um, there's not as much stand-up there. L.A. has always been a, um, a, uh, a film predominant place. And New York has yeah. always been a live performance predominant place. You know, L.A. is always like a wake up early, go, 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 go on set. New York is a stay out late, uh, sleep in kind of place, perform live at night, sleep in like in that. And and then what happened with this like digital shift, especially over the past half decade, is that more and more production is being interspersed uh, like throughout the country because it's so easy to, it's cheaper to make stuff. So it's become decentralized and you can make it anywhere and flights are cheaper. So you can fly to LA if you really have to on short notice. So yeah, um, if you're, I lived there for two years and there was like just less and less auditions. And I was like, why am I living in a place to be an actor and only be on a few, like, you know, a handful of auditions throughout the year when I'm really a stand-up comedian. So I might as well go to New York and perform every night and get better at that. And that's what sort of separates myself. Cause that's my true love anyway. I, you know what I mean? I didn't like my, my dream in life was not to sit by a phone and wait for auditions. It was to like be a stand-up. So. Yeah. I feel like everything else is just sort of a necessary offshoot of that. And stand-up is like, that's what you're out to do. Yeah. Plus New York is rad. It's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, New York, I mean, they're, they're, the crowds are known for that. New York is known for being a stand-up breeding ground. Graham K, we got to. That's it for today. We got to. Uh, we'll have to get you back in studio next time you're in town, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. We have to. We'll have to have you on for longer. I hope your. I hope your neighbor is okay. Uh, both of them, I guess, really. But meantime, everybody can and should check out Stupid Jokes. It's on Crave right now. Yeah, yeah. Please do. And um, if you, if you. Uh have any uh, uh if you're offended or anything like that please uh please uh dm me i, I want to have a nice <laughs> chat with you <laughs> perfect dm watch the special take your grievances to graham k we'll talk to you later buddy stay safe yeah you too guys stay safe everybody bye thank you hi this is alicia carusi and you're listening to my aunt sandra carusi's comedy rx this week featuring graham k 34 is a weird age, I'll tell you why. I'm the last generation to grow up completely without internet pornography. You know, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm like the last of the Mohicans, you know? Like I hit puberty, like just hormones happened, and it told me that I wanted something, and I had no idea what it looked like. What I did is, uh, out of uh, sheer ingenuity, uh, I, I made my own naked lady pornography. Now, what I did is I bought some tracing paper. Now, if you're under 25 and you don't know, 
what tracing paper is. Before computers, we wanted a copy of something. We bought a very thin sheet of paper. And then we placed it over the thing that we wanted a copy of. And then we traced over it. And then we had something that looked completely different. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much once again to all our guests, Aisha Brown, Iman El Husseini, and of course, Jess Salomon's part of that special too, and Graham Kay. You can check out all of these brand new specials on Crave, because really, like Graham Kay said, this is the best time. Get a subscription, do the free 30-day trail, watch some Canadian comedy specials, and then cancel it. Nobody needs to know. It's just the perfect time to watch this stuff. There's comics everywhere pumping out new content we'll be back next week with more quarantine comedy and don't forget you can listen to all of our episodes from season four right back to the beginning on global news online that's our show we'll be back next week the preceding program is a specialty program unless otherwise identified the participants on the program are not employees of chorus entertainment opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto